Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Speaking of perhaps we can know now, the Las Vegas mass murder attack that was committed by persons... In addition to Stephen Paddock, if you go by the news reporting, that is, the stories about what has happened, not what will happen, but what has happened, therefore, really history, except it is uh, history with an extreme Attention Deficit Disorder, an extremely short attention span, and routinely reported before the dust has settled. If you go by what has been reported and reported and reported by the major media, then, of course, you would believe that there is a single shooter, a lone wolf, so-called, angry white man, older white man, you know, the standard cliche, hackneyed scenario. But if you scratch the surface just a little bit, you find that it doesn't hold up. The FBI's account is one thing. What really took place, something else. I personally don't believe we will ever know in this lifetime exactly what happened. What do I base that on? Well, on little things like the JFK assassination, the RFK assassination, referring to John Fitzgerald Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, the MLK Jr. assassination, Martin Luther King Jr., things like that. Not to mention the Murrah Building bombing in Oklahoma City during the Bill Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton, Albert Arnold Gore Jr. reign in the White House, which is also the same time that the first... World Trade Center bombing took place with cooperation, you could say complicity, by the FBI. Yes, Trump is president right now. Donald Trump, who is greatly criticized, understandably so. However, unlike the criticisms of those such as myself, who's criticizing him greatly before he won the nomination, let alone the general election, these criticisms are of a different tenor. These criticisms are orchestrated attacks intended to bring him down, to cause him to be impeached, to cause him to be forced out of office. That's the intent of the so-called loyal opposition, whether they happen to be within the Democrat ranks, as most of them are, whether they happen to be 
of the more conspicuously leftist variety of the Communist Party, Socialist Party, what have you, even though the Democrat Party is Socialist Party, as is so much of the Republican Party, or whether it happens to be from the ranks of the Republicans, what have you, or, of course, from the impartial major media elites. But again, they're not criticisms of the kind that I make. These are criticisms that are designed, intended, orchestrated to force him out of office and to try to regain the White House so that they can further their evil agenda for this nation. Gasp! Did I really say that? Yes, I did. I stand by that. But Trump is president, and of course he replaced Comey at the FBI as Mueller at the FBI, Comey at at Al. But then he brings Mueller back. Mueller, you know, I mean, Mueller was at the FBI for a fair amount of time. But now, of course, he is in a different capacity. Now as an impartial special prosecutorial role. Right. Well, James Comey is out. And you may disagree with him having been sacked. But FBI has changed in the number one position. It may also have changed in the number two and three subordinate slots. However, those people that were elevated to very high positions under the previous president and vice president, they remain. So when the FBI is investigating something, it's not the director who's doing the investigation. He may give instructions with regard to that investigation. He may make special assignments, but he's not the one who is spearheading the investigation. No, it's those who are subordinate to him. And say what you will, but I don't trust the FBI as I do not trust our CIA. This is terrible, but I don't. I simply don't trust them. And all indications are that this monstrous, murderous attack, which was carefully planned, was committed by multiple murderers, multiple destroyers. And we just have Stephen Paddock as, in this case, not a scapegoat. He is directly involved, okay, but not solely responsible. So this brings me back to the Murrah building. Timothy McVeigh, Terry McNichols. We're talking about people who were involved but were not, were not solely responsible. Instead, there were the Islamists who were directly responsible for it, and whom the FBI, 
under the direction of William Jefferson Clinton and Hillary Rodham, spirited out of this country and only brought back when they could be safe from prosecution. But, of course, we all know that it was just two white militia guys who committed that, right? Well, like the Gila Bend incident and various other incidents, like shoot down of a major airliner over outside of New York City, over Long Island. But I digress. Something that hit the fan that I happened to see, and I expect you probably saw footage of some reference to, some reporting on, was about government technological warfare being waged against civilians. That's right. Shocking, but true. Sonic technological attacks of United States diplomatic corps individuals and Canadian diplomatic corps personnel committed at their homes in Cuba by the Cuban regime. But of course, such things have never, ever, and never will be committed by the United States intelligence services against the people of the United States of America. Never, never have, never will. But meanwhile, dastardly communist regime, Cuba, under the leadership of Raul Castro, is committing these things, bombarding these people with these sonic attacks and engaging in very stealthy surveillance of them and harassing them in all manner of ways. I just find it fascinating that Those who say, who have insisted for decade upon decade upon decade upon decade upon decade that any person in the United States of America who has been subjected to such, or I should say who claims to have been subjected to such, that they are insane, they are mentally ill, they are out of their minds, they need to be committed, they need to be subjected to various psychiatric treatments, and psychotropic drugs, and so on and so forth, which, of course, cause brain damage. But meanwhile, here little puny Cuba, backwards, backwards, backwards. I mean, it is so backwards. To say it's a third-world nation is elevating it. But anyway, third-world nation, it's engaging in these things, this cutting-edge persecution of people. But we don't say, we don't think, well, these diplomats, there must be something wrong with their mental state. They must have a persecution complex or something like that. No, no, no. On the contrary, it's entirely reasonable 
to think that Cuba would do such things, would engage in such things. Why would Cuba do such things? Doesn't Cuba want special favored status from the United States of America? You know, just like communist bloody red China back in the day under Richard Milhouse Nixon. Doesn't Cuba want to be a most favored nation? Huh? Why? Why would they do such a thing? What's the motivation? How does it make any sense at all? It makes none. It's completely illogical. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it hasn't taken place. What I am saying is that it's bizarre and absurd. And yet, and yet, interestingly enough, there is... Not a blink, not a wink about the veracity of this. None whatsoever. It's just, it's stated as categorical truth. So what have they been subjected to anyway? I mean, what is it really about? Well, according to reports that I've seen, These diplomats, and diplomat is a nebulous word. It can refer to many things. As you know, the Soviets, during the good old Cold War, the Soviet Union, with dear old Vlad, Vladimir Putin, at the helm, virtually, number two man in the KGB and then GRU, the operations chief, the chief operating officer in charge of operations, they engaged in all manner of things via their agents, their personnel, under the guise, operating under the guise of being diplomats. Diplomats to the UN. Diplomats to all of their embassies here in the United States of America and in the Western world, the Western nations. You know, what used to be referred to in the good old days as Christendom. In those places. They used the cover of diplomats. Communist China has done this for ages. Their embassies are full of these spies, these agents who operate as diplomats. So, I can imagine that communist regime Cuba might view all diplomats as de facto spies for the United States of America, who are really employed by the Central Intelligence Agency and all of the intelligence agencies in the Defense Department and so on and so forth. I could see them thinking that because they view the United States of America as an intractable foe bent on their destruction. If the United States of America was bent on their destruction, Cuba would have been destroyed ages ago. And Cuba should have been given its independence from communism long, 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 long ago. But our leaders didn't have the backbone to do that. And so instead... Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, 
or part of the United States of America, but not Cuba, which is bizarre and absurd, but it's the way it is. And meanwhile, Cuba has been able to raise havoc against the United States of America throughout the Southern Hemisphere, throughout Mexico, Central America, South America, and to this day is, in fact, contrary to what so many would say, it is dangerous. It is, it does pose considerable danger to the United States of America. But, so what was done to these people? Well, again, according to the reports, what was used was technology that bombarded them with sonic waves. And the result was so serious it caused mild traumatic brain injury. Now you tell me what that means. Mild traumatic. What is mild traumatic? Is that like a small shark bite? Would that be mild traumatic? You know, traumatic, it means it has caused trauma. All right? And this has caused trauma in their brains and damage to the central nervous system. And yet it's referred to as mild. Well, it's referred to as mild because they're still alive, right? So these incidents, I thought this was fascinating. These incidents began affecting them in late 2016. Where are we now? We are in what might be termed late 2017 right now, correct? So when I saw these things being reported... This was back in August of this year, August of this year, not late in 2017, towards the end of the summer, towards the end of the summer. But that was reporting on what had been taking place up to that point. They had already been being evaluated, assessed, diagnosed these Americans and Canadians. And the attacks took place at their homes, it stated. It didn't state at the embassies. It stated at their homes. And it said that they were under constant surveillance and they were subjected to vandalization of their vehicles and break-ins of their homes. Well, this is typical spycraft, right? So they were subjected to this for less, much less than one year, right? Late 2016, they were being investigated in May, these These believed attacks were being investigated back in May. And these people have been being assessed and diagnosed, treated, looked after, observed since then. So how many months were they under this bombardment? We're talking about a very short time, half of a year. 
half of a year, and yet they suffered mild traumatic brain injury with damage to their central nervous systems. What about, and this is from backwards, backwards, Cuba. What about what you might expect in the way of traumatic effects on people that were targeted by, oh, I don't know, CIA, NSA, all of the intelligence agencies of the United States federal government and targeted not for six months, not for six years, but for, oh, I don't know, decades? Would you expect that perhaps they would suffer worse effects than these people did after a matter of a few months to several months? I suspect so. But of course, we'll never hear about those things. We will never, ever, ever, ever hear about those things. Okay? Never. If we can't receive the official, authorized, truthful accounts of the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, regardless whether we know essentially what took place, If we can't, and no thanks to the United States government, but if we can't receive the truth with regard to that, the John Fitzgerald Kennedy assassination, the Bobby Kennedy assassination, the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination, and so forth, if we can't receive the authorized, honest account, truthful account of what took place at the Murrah building, then how is it that we can possibly expect to ever hear the truth about what has been done to United States citizens, carefully selected, targeted by our wonderful intelligence agencies who, of course, are benevolent and beneficent. And the CIA, of course, never operates within the confines of the United States of America and so on and so forth. Well, similarly, I do not expect to hear the truth of what took place at Mandalay Bay in Vegas. I do not expect to hear the truth. I certainly don't believe the official versions that are being given, but I do not expect to hear the truth. Clearly, there were multiple individuals involved, and the individuals that were involved other than Stephen Paddock were apparently Islamists. Interesting that ISIS immediately took credit for it. And then there were reports coming out that, oh, ISIS always does that. ISIS always jumps right in and claims responsibility for whatever attack takes place. That's an absolute bald-faced lie, but that came forth from the FBI. The truth of the matter is that time and time and time again, there have been Islamist terrorist attacks that ISIS has refused to take credit for. Interestingly enough, no. I don't think they want their credibility to be questioned if and or when it comes out that, no, they didn't have anything to do with it. 
But in this case, oh, the FBI was out there front and center, day one, denying that there was any involvement by ISIS, denying that there was any involvement by Islamist terrorists, denying that Stephen Paddock had any connection to Islamist terror. When in point of fact, it appears at this point in time that he had direct connection. But, again, I don't believe, I don't expect that there will ever be official, authoritative, truthful accounts of this coming forth from our esteemed FBI. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done, in case you missed the introduction. And back with a number of other things that are of great import and which continue to brew (laughs) pertaining to the safety of the United States of America and the threat posed by North Korea and other others who are directly influential with reference to North Korea, that is, the Russian regime of Vladimir Putin and the communist Chinese regime, the bloody red communist Chinese regime. Xi Jinping, and so on and so forth, et al. That threat is not going away. And the question is how to address it and when to address it. And if it is not addressed before much longer, will there be any opportunity to successfully deal with North Korea. Well, Vladimir Putin is on record as stating that a military strike by the United States of America may not succeed. It's not sure to succeed. I think it is so fascinating that this would be coming from none other than Vlad, especially given the intimate relationship between the Soviet Union and North Korea, the North Korean regime, going back to the Korean War, and the intimate relationship which exists to this day between the North Korean regime of Kim Jong-un and the Russian regime of Vladimir Putin. So I think it is fascinating to hear from him that he believes that a strike, a military strike of North Korea may not succeed. He's concerned that it may not succeed. Why would he be concerned? Well, to put it gently, diplomatically, he is not concerned. Any 
engagement of North Korea by the United States of America only benefits his regime, not the people of Russia. Make no mistake of that. Not the people of Russia, but the military regime of Vladimir Putin. Because anything that weakens the United States of America, anything that degrades the current military readiness of the United States of America benefits the enemies of the United States of America, chiefly the big enemies of the United States of America, the 800-pound guerrillas, communist China, and the Russian Federation of Vladimir Putin. Now, Kim, oh, there are all kinds of different ideas about what, what is what with this Kim Youngin. You know, is he mentally unstable? Is he this? Is he that? I know first and foremost, he's a destroyer, an absolute monstrous destroyer, as was his father, as was his grandfather. Their entire history is one of vicious, ruthless, sadistic, murderous destruction. Of whom? Of the people of North Korea. As well as, of course, the people of South Korea. It used to be one Korea. And the United States of America's fighting men who served in Korea and so forth. Absolute murderous, torturous destruction. As is seen with regard to Otto Warmbler of the United States of America. They have focused on particular demographics within North Korea. First and foremost, numero uno, enemy number one, all Christians. Even while they maintain a guise of religiosity in Pyongyang with a Catholic church and a Protestant church and a congregation which they trot out to both locations, the same congregation, in order to fool the likes of world-famed evangelist Billy Graham and his wife Ruth and to cause them to serve as unwitting mouthpieces to attest to the freedom of religion that is observed in the North Korean regime. But there's a new face here for North Korea. And you probably saw this. It happens to be none other than Kim Jong-un's sister, And her name is remarkably similar to his. It is Kim Yojong. And his is Kim Jong-un. And I refuse to pronounce it any other way. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un, but Kim Jong-un for me. So she was just promoted to the highest 
decision-making body, if you will, in North Korea. 28-year-old sister of Kim Jong-un. Fortunately for those of us who have to see photos of such, she is vastly preferable to look upon as compared to her playboy brother who's not only a playboy but rapist and what have you. But anyway, she actually is tolerable to look at. However, I happen to suspect that she too is like her father and grandfather and will carry on in that noble heritage of vicious, ruthless, murderous violence. For her to have been promoted to this position is absolutely damning. He's busily, that is Kim Jong-un, is busily murdering anybody and everybody whom he views as possible threats to him, to his leadership. And he has promoted her. So I would say there is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a chance that she was promoted because he feels secure with her. Even though she hasn't committed any horrible, monstrous evils, she has just been permissive of such things being done. I'd say that's a possibility, but I think a very slim, slim, slim possibility. I think much more likely she has been actively involved, just as dear old Hillary Rodham Clinton was so actively involved down in Arkansas and Little Rock and then so actively involved at the White House being in charge of the war room for eight years for the entire presidential term. Intimately, directly involved. She was like Vladimir Putin at the KGB, at the GRU, the chief operating officer. She, Hillary Rodham Clinton, was directly in charge of the war room at the White House for eight years. Not to mention all of the other evils that she was involved with with regard to policy. Policy such as doing everything in her power to persecute and seek to destroy those Christians and Roman Catholics who were opposed to induced abortion and who tried to persuade young women and women not to permit their babies to be slaughtered. But this dear young woman, Kim Yo-jong, she has been promoted. She was selected as an alternate. An alternate, mind you. Just an alternate, you know, just a harmless, you know, kind of a designation, right? To the Political Bureau of the Central Committee. 
And that is, of course, within the Communist Party of Korea, the Workers' Party. And we can expect good things from her, no doubt. No doubt. Personally, I suspect that uh, it's probably not going to be a great improvement if something happens to Kim and she takes over in his place. Probably not going to be a great improvement. I hope it will be a great improvement, but (laughs) hope springs eternal, what they say. But I suspect it will not be a great improvement because her forebears were utterly, totally, completely lethal, murderous. Now, I don't know about her mother and grandmother, except that they were connected to these monstrous, vicious destroyers, her father and grandfather. But, so North Korea, the regime of Kim, the communist regime, continues to grievously persecute Christians in particular. and continues to threaten the United States of America of all the remarkable things. Why? Why would they do such a thing? It's like with Cuba. Cuba targeting these diplomats. Why? You know, how does that serve their interest to do that? Why would the North Korean communist regime of Kim continue to poke the bear, as it were, continue to threaten the United States of America. Why? It's, it's remarkable. Personally, I think someone has put them up to it. <laughs> you know, I personally think that the Russian Federation of Vladimir Putin and the communist regime of bloody red China, have in fact put North Korea up to it. Instead of persuading Kim, instead of persuading the North Korean communist regime not to do these aggressive, belligerent, threatening things, I think behind the scenes the exact opposite is true. I think that they are using North Korea to provoke the United States of America into military action. And at the very same time, they are also enabling North Korea to get stronger and stronger and more menacing and more menacing militarily. So that, If the United States of America does not react, does not engage North Korea militarily, then North Korea will be a stronger partner with them in any future attack of the United States of America. But that's me. (laughs) It's not... 
I'm not getting that from some other sources that are telling me this is so. I just happen to believe that that is the case. Communist China, of course. Well, not of course, according to ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, and CNN, and MSNBC, and so on and so forth. But Communist China is also intimately related with Pakistan, even though Pakistan is supposedly an ally of ours. As the Russian Federation is intimately involved with Iran, Islamist Iran. And of course, the Russian Federation, successor to the Soviet Union, has intimate relationship with Cuba and Venezuela and Colombia and so on and so forth. So, not to mention Vietnam, which of course is made out to be an enemy of communist China, which is hilarious because because of the history there with communist China warring against the United States of America in concert with North Korea back in the day, back in the 50s, and against the United States of America with the Viet Cong, with North Vietnam during the Vietnam War, so forth, in addition to Russia, the Soviet Union doing so with both of them, with both North Korea and Vietnam. But supposedly, the communist Chinese regime and the Vietnamese communist regime are enemies, opponents, in conflict, on the verge of war, supposedly, which is fascinating, really. You take the standing army of Vietnam communist Vietnam and communist China and North Korea and Pakistan and Russia and Iran and you have a vast, 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 vast multitude. Not to mention the nuclear weaponry of the Russian Federation, of Communist China, of Pakistan, and now joined by Iran and North Korea. They are joining them in the nuclear arms festival. (laughs) Anyway, it is a significant threat to the United States of America in concert with dear little Cuba and so forth. Venezuela. But the experts tell us that, of course, that not only are Cuba and Venezuela and Colombia no threat, not only is Iran no threat, is Pakistan no threat, is North Korea no threat, But communist China and the Russian Federation are no threat to the United States of America. They all want the same things we want. They all want to peacefully coexist. They all want peace and prosperity. K 
can't we all just get along? I'm sure you've seen those bumper stickers, they say, coexist in very clever little graphics. Yeah, but the coexistence that that bumper sticker advertises is by worshiping false gods, worshiping Satan in the guise of false gods. But can't we all just get along? You know, like we do here in the United States of America. Can't we? Well, every single solitary day that goes by, it becomes more difficult to peacefully coexist with these. And perhaps you saw the stories with regard to Venezuela preparing for war with the United States of America. Did you happen to see that? Yes. Oh, but they, you know, they're benevolent, beneficent. They, they mean us no harm. They mean us no harm. Meanwhile, Iran, right after parading their latest ballistic missiles, they fire them, test fire them. It's completely benevolent. It's completely beneficent. They mean us no ill. But back here in the United States of America, back here in the United States of America, where our military has been corrupted and perverted, subverted, where our military is, dare I say, heavily female now. When I say heavily, I do not mean 90% or 80% or 70 or 60 or 50 or 40 or 30%. But it is more than 10%, last I heard. In addition to that, going this, and this goes way back, many, many moons, supposedly a good 10% of the women in the military at any given point in time are pregnant. Talk about being battle ready. But then we have the Muslims in our military. And now, of course, we embrace the sodomites, the transvestites, who they refer to, of course, as transgender, a different gender, not male, not female, something else. And then there are the Church of Satan members. And we imagine that God will honor our military, that God is on our side. Every time I hear... You know, the rendition of God Bless America by Kate Smith that the Yankees play uh, and their games at the uh, the seventh inning, what do they call it? Mm, something or other. Uh, I'm struck by that. Whenever I see a sign that says God Bless America, whenever I hear people say God Bless America, it, it affects me, but not the way it's supposed to affect me. The reason that it affects me negatively is this. God has blessed America. God created America. God was responsible for the pilgrims and the Puritans 
coming to this land and all of the other Christians. God was directly behind that. And I know, of course, you know, Columbus. Columbus was supposedly terrible and horrible and all of that. Well, Columbus certainly stumbled and sinned and you could say fell by the wayside. But Christopher Columbus exuded enormous faith in God. And were it not for that enormous faith in God, he never would have succeeded in discovering the new land. Did he discover the United States of America, the piece of land that is called the United States of America? No. No. But what he did required such bravery. And he was truly inspired by God. And it required such perseverance. Just the story of Christopher Columbus is remarkable. Now, the fact that he allowed himself to be swayed later on, as he did, is a pity. His governorship left a bit to be desired, shall we say. But an extraordinary man of faith. And, of course, we have all of these these wonderful, wonderful people here in the United States of America who insist that Christopher Columbus was terrible, was horrible, was evil. We should have no remembrance of commemoration of Columbus Day. I don't care about us having commemorations of such things. Christmas and Resurrection Sunday, otherwise known as Easter, is enough for me, along with Thanksgiving, I think, should be included. But these others, I really don't care about there being a specific day, celebration, so on and so forth, whether it happens to be the 4th of July or what have you. But like this professor, this esteemed professor, handsome, youthful, black professor from University of Maryland, who was extremely generously stating that, well, you know, we don't have anything against there being some Europeans in America, of there being some Northern Europeans in the United States of America. In other words, it was all right for there to be some whites here. That's okay. We're not going to, you know, demand that the nation throw them all out. It was very big of him. Very, very, very big. Yes. And he was insisting Christopher Columbus is terrible. We you know, we need to have commemoration of other things, but not of anything as terrible as that. But he paved the way for those who would come later. The United States of America, which the likes of a certain quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, states has racism. There's racism in the United States of America. And, of course, he's referring white versus black, which is fascinating because... Of course, the black population in the United States of America, and I use the term loosely when I say black, uh, it's 10%, maybe, maybe. And yet every part of the United States of America 
has been touched, right? From the presidency to the Supreme Court, everything else, Congress, Senate, federal judgeships, lifetime appointments, all of the Ivy League schools, all of the affirmative action, so-called, all of the federal employees, the military, the four-star generals. Oh, terrible persecution of the blacks. True? Yes, terrible. How about the blacks over in Africa, especially the black Christians, who are monstrously, brutally, murderously persecuted? But all we're supposed to buy into this thing that they're persecuted here in the United States of America, even though they are a distinct minority. Remarkable, but we're supposed to believe these foolish lies. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.